back to New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. Creepy Uncle Joe has a Ukraine problem. We got that story, plus chilling kill lists. But first, silencing the whistle. The Intercept shutters Snowden archives citing costs. On March 13th, a report in the Daily Beast revealed that the New York-based outlet The Intercept would be shutting down its archive of the trove of government documents entrusted to a handful of journalists, including Intercept co-founders Glenn Greenwald and Laura Poitras by whistleblower Edward Snowden. However, that account did not include the role of Greenwald as well as Jeremy Scahill, another Intercept co-founder, in the controversial decision to shutter this Snowden archive, according to a timeline of events by Poitras that was shared and published by journalist and former Intercept columnist Barrett Brown. Both Scahill and Greenwald were intimately involved in the decision to close the Snowden archive. While other outlets, such as the Jeff Bezos-owned Washington Post and the New York Times, also possess much, though not all, of the archive, the Intercept was the only archive, only outlet with the full archive that had been continued to publishing, you know, con- continue to publish the documents at a very slow pace in the last recent years. In total, fewer than 10% of the Snowden documents have been published since 2013. Thus, the closing of the publication Snowden Archive will likely mean the end of any future publications unless Greenwald's promise of finding the right partner that has the funds to robustly publish is fulfilled. Notably, Edward Snowden, who was, if you don't recall, granted asylum in Russia after going public as a whistleblower, had not been consulted by Greenwald or Reed over what, according to Laura Poitras said, was their decision to shut down the Snowden documents. Snowden was subsequently informed of the decision by Poitras on March 14th, and by that point, when this article was published, had yet to publicly comment on the closure. And this comes from Mint Press News, silencing the whistle. James, do we know, has old CIA Snowden said anything in the, in the two weeks since this? I haven't seen it, I'm, but if anybody has that, I'd be interested to see it. But, I mean, come on, this is the inevitable conclusion to the Edward Snowjob and the Daddy Greenbucks story. We knew it was going to end this way, and we've been talking about it since, essentially, since the story broke. And people might remember and cast their mind back a couple of years when people, I think John Young, Young did the calculation, like, at this rate, if they keep releasing Snowden uh, documents at the rate they're releasing them, it'll only take 191 years to release them all, or whatever it was. Um, um, yeah, well, it'll never happen. It will never happen because exactly as we talked about at the time, Piero Midiar swooped in to buy up the Snowden archive and then put it under wraps. Mission accomplished for everyone. The CIA psyop job of uh, putting their CIA agent into Booz Allen Ham- Hamilton to be the savior who swoops out with these documents that they'll publish a few to get everyone scared and then keep them the the juicy ones under wraps, the ones that have to do with Pierre Omidyar's business interests. Funny how they never reported on that. Um, yeah, a- again, this is all just exactly, exactly what we talked about at the time. And of course, the idea that this is being done because of budget restraints. So we just, with our $250 million seed funding from Pierre Omidyar, we just can't afford to publish these documents. We can't afford to hit that button and put them up on our website. No, that that's way too much work for us. Um, complete nonsense. They're cutting back 4% of their workforce. 
and the research department, which was in charge of handling this archive, supposedly, is 1.5% of the budget. So no, they couldn't cut back on Glenn Greenwald's half a million dollar a year salary. No, 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 no. They couldn't cut back on Scahill, who I think the last reported salary he was making was upwards of $385,000 a year or something like that for writing f- four articles in a year or something like that. It's ridiculous. And during In one year, Scahill was making something like $50,000 per article for The Intercept. It's it's nonsense. This is a total garbage nonsense atrocity of journalism. This is exactly what you would expect when a billionaire swoops in to buy up a sensitive intelligence um, archive. But again, we've talked about it before. This is the inevitable conclusion of this story. And I really hope people will go into the nuts and bolts and meat and potato and get into the links in this particular article that we're linking to, because it's just a rabbit hole. And there's so many different pieces to the story, some of which I'd even forgotten. Remember when The Intercept burned reality winner? She's in jail now because of The Intercept. Or remember... uh, uh, Perhaps apropos to nothing, but one of the uh, former Intercept uh, uh, employees turned out to be a uh, a guy who was phoning in uh, phony uh, bomb threats and and hoaxes to Jewish community centers. And just, I mean, it's just nonsense on top of nonsense. But at the core is Green Bucks and Snowjob. And it's, uh, as I say, this is exactly what we would have expected. So please do dig into this story, everyone out there, because this is exactly how it's done. And uh, Greenwald is sitting there shaking a finger at Maddow for her $10 million a year and her Russiagate nonsense. Well, your snow job nonsense and half a million dollars a year for your gated community there in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, I hope you sleep well at night, Glenn, knowing what you've done um, in massacring this archive. I was going to mention, maybe maybe they could ask Rachel Maddow for some of her multiple millions, or even maybe Bezos will, will swoop in, right? Uh, we'll include in the show notes that Reality Winner was a cover story episode of New World Next Week when that story was breaking. And I think oh, an easy way to put this into context for people to think about, like, storage online. Think about how excited we've gone in the last 15 years or so when you started out with, I think I even have, what is this? 256 megabytes, baby. That's how much I used to fit on this old thumb drive. How much do you fit now? What is 64 gigs on one that's plugged in? It's the same thing with with internet storage space. So yeah, the idea that they, oh, we just, gosh, I can't cough up the hosting bucks to keep this going is pretty laughable on its face. And that's how we get kicked off here on episode 370 of New World Next Week. And we'll continue, I think, uh, along this line of questioning, if you will. James, U.S. refusal to confirm or deny it put American journalist on drone kill list called chilling. We grab this from Common Dreams, which will also reference some of their own previous journalism as well. Again, everything we say always included in your show notes. Lawyers for an American journalist who believes he was placed on the government's infamous kill list warned last Tuesday that the rights of all U.S. citizens are at stake if the country's drone assassination program is allowed to continue. The organization's comments came as part of a response to the U.S. government's attempt to dismiss a lawsuit regarding its use of the drone kill list. Reprieve is the place that's representing Bilal Abdul Karim, a journalist and U.S. citizen who claims he was repeatedly targeted and nearly killed five separate times by drone and missile attacks in 2016 when he was reporting on the ongoing conflict in Syria. 
Kareem joined an Al Jazeera journalist in 2017 in an ongoing lawsuit against the government demanding that the Trump administration remove their names from the kill list of potential targets for the U.S. drone program. If the government manages to have the lawsuit dismissed, legal experts warn it would allow America's next top president and any future presidents to secretly place any American on a kill list without telling them why, therefore stripping them of their constitutional right to due process, which has pretty much been well and destroyed these last nearly 18 years, at least. Kareem believes the Obama administration placed him on the kill list and wants Trump to remove his name, asserting that his inclusion is the result of arbitrary and capricious agency action accomplished without due process and in violation of the United States Constitution and U.S. international law. Now, one good story deserves another, and I can give you a related one to this. Another democracy dies in darkness news. U.S. spies helped UAE hack phones of Al Jazeera chairman, BBC host, and other journalists. Former U.S. intelligence hackers helped the United Arab Emirates spy on Al Jazeera's chairman, also a BBC host, and other media figures as part of a secret Emirati intelligence program called Project Raven. This is all during the blockade on Qatar. At least nine former NSA agents, you know, the ones at war with CIA Snowden agents, Nine former NSA agents and U.S. military operatives worked within Project Raven, which was exposed in January after spying on U.S. journalists and a British activist, along with dissidents and opponents of the UAE royal family. Project Raven, set up in 2009 with the assistance of former George W. Bush White House officials, who Barack Obama kept on in his cabinet and administration, and U.S. intelligence contractors originally meant to track terrorism, but soon evolved into spying on opponents. Bush, Obama, Trump, lather, rinse, repeat. James? Yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly confused here, because I, it was my understanding that all of this disposition matrix presidential kill list by any other name, all that nonsense was going out the door, because if you vote for Trump, that's a vote to drain the swamp and make America great again. Of course he's going to get rid of these unconstitutional presidential kill lists and all of that. That's what, that's what a vote for Trump means, right? And I'm further confused, because I'm pretty sure that Obama hope and change was all about, we're going to change, and it's not going to be like that, that horrible Bush era. That's a horrible dark legacy in American history, but we're changing a new new face for a new generation, and here we go! And he was the one who actually instituted this presidential kill list. So I just, I don't get it. I don't understand. It seems like if you vote for the left critter or the right critter, you get the same thing every single time. Well, uh, don't worry about that. Just vote someone different next next time. Vote harder, and it will all be solved. No, of course not. This is total nonsense. And uh, it just goes to show that, yes, this has nothing to do with left-right Coke-Pepsi politics. Nothing whatsoever. It is about the oligarchy ruling over you and uh, and their ability to do anything. Uh, absolutely anything. No due process. Put you on a secret list. Not tell you were on their list. Not tell you why you're on the list. Not give you any opportunity to dispute your place on the list. Not even allowing it to be heard in court. Because if you hear it in court, why we think you should be killed, well then that would jeopardize national security, right? Um, that is literally the argument they're using, which is just straight out of Kafka. But here it is in real life. And... What are you going to do about it, I guess, is the question. And as the non-American in the room, might I just also point out that, of course, once again, this all revolves around the idea, well, yeah, I mean, it's an American 
on this presidential kill list with no due process, no warning, no explanation, no ab- ability to in any way uh, challenge it. I mean, if it was one of those filthy foreigners, that would be fine. But it's an American that you're st- stripping these basic fundamental human rights asterisk only for Americans from. So so that's a horrible thing. You know, I mean, who cares about, you know, weddings in Pakistan or whatever? Drone the hell out of them. It doesn't matter. But, uh, and you know, a sacred American being targeted, that's that's an altogether different story. That's, I mean, do, doing what we've been doing now for this amount of time, we've seen it, we've seen it flip back and forth now enough times that we've seen both sides have their turn at the table and the same agenda keeps keeps just rolling forward. Speaking of some of the same folks that are always on this grand chessboard pushing things forward, I, I think it's a, a, a positive thing. I, I've made reference, James, on some of our recent New World Next Weeks, how the uh, Pepsi side of the America's Next Top President 2020 season is already filling up with all kinds of candidates. And I, I think it's it's just been already kind of wildly entertaining to watch the fake left destroy each other. And it's, I think, only just getting going because I don't think creepy Uncle Joe Biden is going to do real well in the 2020 campaign. Maybe not the least of which because he's a creepy, touchy-feely kind of guy, as we've reported for you before. And I'll remind you about again after the main story. Forget creepy. Biden has a major Ukraine problem. Joe Biden appears to have made a major tactical error last year when he bragged to an audience of foreign policy experts on video how he threatened to hurl Ukraine into bankruptcy if their top prosecutor, General Viktor Shokin, wasn't immediately fired. In his own words, with video cameras rolling, Biden described how he threatened Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko in March 2016 that the Obama administration would pull $1 billion in U.S. loan guarantees, sending the former Soviet Republic towards insolvency if it didn't immediately fire prosecutor General Viktor Shokin. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think it was six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting your money, bragged Biden. Recalling the conversation with Poroshenko, well, son of a bitch, he got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Those are all quotes from creepy Uncle Joe Biden. You can watch the video for yourself. He was talking at the Council on Foreign Relations event while insisting that former President Obama was, of course, involved and complicit in the threat. So the question that Zero Hedge asks, why would Biden want the SOB fired? In what must be an amazing coincidence, the prosecutor was leading a wide-ranging corruption investigation into a natural gas firm of which Biden's son, Hunter, sat on the board of directors. Obama named Biden the administration's point man on Ukraine in February 2014 after a popular revolution ousted Russia-friendly President Viktor Yanukovych and his Moscow sent military forces into Ukraine's Crimea territory. James, do you want the creepy Uncle Joe uh, updates related to his inappropriate touching now or later? We'll get into that in a moment, but we should we should um, w- once again direct people to the article that we're talking about here, and uh, we're linking to Zero Hedge, but I think people should click back through to The Hill, which is where this story comes from, and basically Zero Hedge just plagiarized uh, that uh, that article. It's uh, It's got all the background that you need on this story, in case you missed it at the time. 
Um, yes, Vice President Biden's younger son, not the older one that we all know about who died and it was all tragic, but the younger son, the one who got kicked out of the U.S. Uh, Navy Reserve for cocaine <laughs> and ended up on the board of this Burisma Energy in the Ukraine, just as Biden was being appointed as the Obama administration's point man in Ukraine and was receiving $160,000 a month, I think it was, into his uh, American bank account and what was going on. And they opened up an, a corruption in investigation into Hunter Biden and Burisma Energy and uh, the prosecutor in this Hill article talks about, yeah, we, we, were, we were opening the investigation. We were going to, to be talking to the board members, including Hunter. And then I got fired by Biden, who is on the phone saying we'll withhold a billion dollars. And yeah, as you point out, the foreign policy experts that he was bragging to were his string pullers at the CFR, of course. Hey guys, look at look at what a great job I did here. <laughs> oh wait, this is being recorded? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Joe Biden is just such an I mean, the most charitable thing you can say is he's just a daughterly old man who doesn't even understand what's happening half the time. So maybe that's at any rate, I'm sure that as you're about to get into the the audacity of grope, as uh, The Daily Show called it, um, is going to be the thing that will sink his presidential bid more so than the Ukraine scandal, because as we all know, the American public doesn't really care about complicated what he was corruption probe something prosecutor billion. Oh, whatever. That's too complicated. Oh, he's groping women on camera. Well, OK, you know, either way, as long as he goes down, I guess it's good to get another one of these scoundrels out of office. Um, but this story is actually important. I hope people will check into the article. It's it's a lot of the it's a lot of the, the the young tigers knocking you know knocking the old ones out of out of the tree and trying to assert their new supremacy as as Congress critters. Well, and also you're talking about kind of the, the doddering old folks like Diane Feinstein, who pretty much immediately like kind of admitted, "Did you know people can like tape something and put it on the internet and you'll be famous?" It I didn't know that could happen. Well, she found out that it could happen. So the updates on Creepy Uncle Joe, which we have talked about before, actually, in your media monarchy and New World Next Week archives. Biden accused by two more women of inappropriate touching. And what does he do? I guess he likes to do things on video, James. This is such an important story. Joe Biden taped a video on Twitter today to say he's going to be more respectful of people's personal space. And we will remind you of I know you can't really make that up. Our November 16th, 2017 New World Next Week episode, Creepy Joe Biden and Lady Gag Gag. Yeah. To us. Before, sexual- before people, I, I hope people don't think I was dismissing all of that earlier when I said that the Ukraine story is also important. Absolutely. The, the groping is disgusting, is despicable, especially with the young girls, 12-year-old girls and things that he's literally groping on camera. It is sickening. This man should not be anywhere near office for a number of reasons. I just don't want people to think I was making light of that earlier. Well, AOC says says that it's okay, so it's not a big deal because you can selectively enforce, you know, which which Me Too thing they're gonna go after. Apparently, it was our New World Next Week episode back in November of 2017. We'll include the links to that, just like we include the links to everything. James, I always like to remind people at the end of these episodes, I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, nine to five Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com/slash/listen. James. All right, excellent. Well, we're looking forward to three more stories next week. James, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Take care.